You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, it is gone! It went, deep right, Batista's going to wave goodbye, start the fireworks show! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 155. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll have one old Merritt meatball, talk about the roster options the Indians went through over the past week, discuss the Indians and their being a contender or not a contender this past season, talk about Nick Whitgren being just clutch enough, and we'll answer your questions, of course. Joining me for all that and more is another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? I'm very well, Matt. It's a beautiful day here in the nation's capital. There's no tension in the air at all as we record on Monday the 2nd. It's a calm... Normal day. No one cares about anything and everyone's happy. It's great. Having a great time. Yeah, you know, we didn't time this very well. The fact that we haven't recorded a month and then this is the day we're going to have one. I'm sure tomorrow everybody's just going to want now, a mediocre now. baseball podcast to listen to. Oh, well, maybe. They want a distraction. At least we're not the Baseball Writers Association of America announcing our gold glove winners at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, election <laughs> yeah, <right>? day. <laughs> you huge idiots. Jesus Christ. <laughs> good foresight there. See, maybe when everything's on fire, the podcast will be what's blaring over the speakers. It's like a (laughs) dystopian Half-Life 2 thing where you just hear it over the PA system. I'll just repeat Nick Whitgren over and over again in the deep voice. two cackling idiots making bad jokes about baseball. The classic style of the baseball podcast. Two relatively unfunny men talking about uh, statistics. Everyone loves it. With a vague reference to baseball once in a while. Oh, you know. Yeah, so So, it's been a little while, man. Yeah. It has so, been. It's been uh, it's been nice to get away for a little while. I went on a nice little uh, tropical vacation. Uh, no, I didn't do anything. It, there's a pandemic going on. I sat in my, apart- in my apartment. <laughs> it's been great, though. I hope you've also had a nice time. Yeah, I bought a Nintendo 64 like a normal adult does during Fuck a pandemic. Fuck yeah. It's... All right. Good expense. <laughs> got, I got a free CRT TV from someone, and then I hooked up an N64 to it, and I've been playing Diddy Kong Racing, man. Hey, you got your CRT set. You know what this needs? <laughs> <laughs> a Nintendo 64. Exactly. You can have one of the other. There's no stand because, I mean, I just haven't found... I'm determined to find a free one, so I was just sitting on the floor, but... That's the style. When, when I was uh, when I was younger, my brothers and I always thought the dream was to have two TVs in the same room. Uh, we were <laughs> a simple, <laughs> simple people. <laughs> and we eventually got, got that. And one was always on the ground, and so we could play video games and watch movies at the same time. Uh, it was great. Very fantastic. Look at your money bags over there. You know, I mean, we found that that TV in the garbage. And (laughs) you know what? It served its purpose. We were very happy about it. You know, speaking of garbage. Meatball. I don't know how it relates to garbage, but this is a meatball section. We're bringing little tidbits. We, uh, you had a good idea. I, I just didn't get one in time. But we, we've done meatball through the regular season where it's like picking things from the last week of games. that are very specific, just kind of neat things to pick out. But you had the idea of doing like historical stuff in the offseason, which is which is cool. I don't have one this week, but you do. So this is a, a special Merritt's Moldy Meatball section we got for you. So Merritt, what's your, uh, what's your old meatball here for historical fun little tidbits from the Indians? Eddie Joss. <laughs> Somehow I fell down into a hole in baseball representative on Eddie Joss. Uh, he pitched for Cleveland from 1902 to 1910. Somehow making it a Hall of Fame despite not getting at least 60 wins above replacement. So we're all mad about that, obviously, right? That's I'm upset about that, at least. I mean, that's that's impossible and ridiculous. He does have the all-time career record in uh, whip, which I think is impressive. But I was just kind of rooting around some of beautiful Mr. Addy Joss's numbers. First of all, did you know that he has the lowest single-season 
ERA for a Cleveland pitcher ever, but he actually has the second lowest ERA plus in a single season for an Indian ever. Get Who do you think is number one in ERA plus all time for a single season Cleveland Indians history? At least point me in the direction. Is this one I should know, or is this going to be just like some guy? Is this going to be is not, Sam McDowell? It, it's not Sam McDowell. I'll tell <laughs> okay. you that one. It is someone who's pitching right now. He is living, which I think is pretty impressive. On the Indians? He is currently on the Indians. There, I gave it away. Pretty I mean, Shane Bieber? <laughs> it is. It is Shane Bieber. Uh, I just think it's amazing that you, we're talking about uh, uh, Josh Logged that in 1908. Uh, and uh, obviously it's 2020 now. That's pretty impressive. But I actually want to talk real quick about the first home run that Addy Joss gave up in, uh, according to this, in his entire career. Uh, in his entire career, Addy Joss, he pitched 2,327 innings. Um, he gave up, let me get this right, 19 home runs. <laughs> it was a different time, obviously. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to make you guess on this one. He gave up his first home run in 1902. Who do you think was the person who hit that home run off of Eddie Jaws? Julio Franco. It was Cy Young, <laughs> actually. Close. Wow. But of all people, I just thought, I was like, holy crap. Like, of all the people for Eddie Jaws, a, you know, a legend in the, in the world of baseball, uh, to give up his first home run to was a man who made his bones pitching, of course. That was also the only time Cy Young hit a home run off of a Hall of Famer, which I thought was interesting. Uh, anyway, it was, it was, it was uh, 6502. Yeah. Uh, June 5th, uh, 1902. I could not find any information. It looks like it was in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, it ended up losing the game for the Cleveland Bronchos against the Boston Americans at the time. I think Bronchos is a pretty cool name. And uh, I know there was an article today on Let's Go Tribe and elsewhere about them not changing the name, but that'd be a pretty good one to go back to. Spiders, stupid. Bronchos, strange and good. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was a pretty neat little tidbit for everyone to look at. Also, there was a guy on Detroit in 1908 named Sam Crawford. Sam's uh, nickname was Wahoo Sam, which I think is ridiculous because he never played for Cleveland even once. And considering they had Chief Wahoo as their mascot for a long, long time, uh, I don't know, it's a little ridiculous and unfair, quite honestly. Was he back then, though? I don't think he was, right? Back then, no. Back back yeah, then, uh, let me look at the name of the team at the time. It's probably the Buckeyes. Um, oh, yeah, that, that was different. Yeah. That would have been the Cleveland Naps at the time, actually, because okay. Nat Blagiway was, as ever, batting third and playing second base. Um, he was also doing that when, when uh, Eddie Jaws uh, debuted, and for a million other years as well. Anyway, neat little thing. Yeah, Cy Young hit, um, was the person to log the first home run Eddie Jaws ever gave up. It's only 19 of them, but um, interesting stuff. Interesting, neat stuff. Eddie Jaws. Pretty good. That's my rating. <laughs> That's your official merit stamp of approval. Eddie Joss was pretty good. I know. I mean, he didn't have the 60 wins above replacement, which, as we all know, is what you need to make it in the Hall of Fame. It's the rules. Now, getting back to uh, modern day, more depressing baseball as it is right now, I, th- I think maybe overall baseball is less depressing. But as it is right this second with everything going on, um, the, the offseason is going to be another level of brutal than we haven't oh, seen man. in quite a while. <laughs> if, if, if Brad Hand, that alone was like the canary in the coal mine, like the canary was shot and burned alive at that point because, I mean, the Indians, if they, they were going to decline his option anyway, and it requires a million-dollar payout. So instead of doing that, I'm sure they tried to get trades for him, but they just opted to put him on outright waivers, which meant anybody who claims him just takes his contract and they don't have to deal with free agency. But nobody even wanted that. So the Indians were stuck declining his option and paying the buyout. Um, I mean, that alone is insane. I, I don't have a problem with them 
putting him on waivers like that if you're going to release him anyway. I mean, why not? It almost makes no sense not to do that with everybody. <laughs> if you're going to do decline their option just to save a, a little extra money, I think it's it's stupid to not just pay Brad Hand to keep him. I without the artificial constraint that everybody that the owners are putting on everybody, I think there's no way you don't just keep Brad Hand on your team. He just makes your bullpen better, even if he's not as good as he looked this year. But I mean, he's Brad Hand. He's the the sole aside closer they've had for so long he actually looked good this year after a rocky start but i mean it's just a sign that nobody wants to pay him 10 million dollars and relievers i mean for a while there they were getting really expensive it's hard to just buy one but now you can't even get one as good as brad Hannon for for virtually nothing for most teams unless i'm assuming the yankees think um or whoever just uh, some team is actually going to spend money is thinks they get him for less than 10 million is not worth claiming him but i mean nobody even wanting brad Hand for that much is is not a great sign for what we're going to be looking at the next couple months i don't think no, it's going to be incredibly ugly. I mean, some team or other is going to completely make hay on this. You know, I mean, some team who has a rich owner uh, who is looking to make a splash, perhaps, who maybe came in came into control of a team relatively recently and w- wants to turn a team into quickly into a contender. Maybe a team that had a great offense, maybe one of the best in their entire league, but the pitching fell apart. Maybe a team like that could find use for someone like a Brad Hand, someone, a team that didn't have a very good bullpen specifically. Anyway, he's going to be a Met in about six weeks. Uh, <laughs> I feel like everybody, that's like every single free agent I think of, it's like, oh, they're going to be on the Mets. Well, I mean, what other team is going to spend money like them? Because their well, owner didn't and, and lose anything last year. He is immediately the richest owner in baseball. Like, he's worth $14 oh, yeah. billion dollars by himself. Uh, he doesn't have to care about anything. He, the, you know, there's that famous story of him buying that buying that statue that was worth $350 million and it's just in his house somewhere. And it's like, that's, that's more than. Just, uh, he has a collection worth like a billion dollars on its own in his house. So yeah, like, this is just ridiculous. another collection piece to him. Yeah, exactly. It's just and it's hor- it's weird looking too. But yes, there, there's definitely going to be a team or two here that just. Um, I mean, it's just it's funny to think that, that that baseball is turning into a weird little microcosm of reality where it's just this this economic issue is going to just further drive the wedge between the haves and the have-nots. Um, it's just the haves are just more obvious when it comes to baseball. So. Yeah, with hand. I mean, there's so many other guys that, that were just. I mean, yeah, the the Indians, um, a couple other guys on waivers as well, or or decline their options or whatever. Um, they're cutting payroll like, like just savagely. It's it's just as you mentioned, the canary in a coal mine. It's just they just killed an entire flock of canaries. It's ridiculous what's going on there. And I think I mean I've criticized the Indians a ton for being cheap, but I, I think the Carlos Santana one makes sense. It's yeah. sad, but I, I just don't think he's worth. I think 2019 was found money. I mean, that was just you know that that was he was way, playing way above his head. I thought you know you, you saw I think more of the real real Santana in the second half, which was still pretty good. And I think he was probably better than what's like the 199 batting average over the hell he logged this year. He was still walking like like hell and uh, what do you yeah 199 349 350. I mean, I I think you give him another you know what what. <laughs> 100, 100 games or whatever, uh, he would end up hitting two fifty with a three seventy five on base and a four fifty slugging percentage, like like we've seen for his entire career, basically. But you know, you just see things like that. Like you, you know, Hernandez, Cesar Hernandez is going to disappear. Um, Domingo Santana, whatever. You know, I mean, yeah, but that was it, not coming back. Yeah, that yeah, was a you know? pretty obvious one. Yeah, but it's it's just it's. I, I I'm glad they at least they held on to Roberto Perez. That that one would hope that was an easy decision, but. Worst case scenario, that was just at least the baseball side of things, just like like pounding their fist on the table, like we need to hold on to this one guy. He makes it all we are all we have is pitching now. Please, we need this one thing. Like shoot. Although it still brings up the question, like what are they doing with him and Austin Hedges on the same roster? I still have my tinfoil hat on very firmly that 
maybe they just they they exercise the option to trade him either now or the trade deadline. They're going to go with Austin Hedges and save a couple extra million bucks. But I mean, they're virtually the same player unless Roberto Perez, which maybe he does, he just has an incredible um, rapport with the pitchers that it's it's a difference. But as far as like their statistical, how good they are at framing, I think Austin, Austin Hedges is even better at framing, just not as good at throwing out runners. But well, I mean, um, I think I think you kind of hit on it there. Hit. You know, it's <laughs> we. Well, so Perez has gotten hurt a little bit in the last couple of years. You know, he only played, what, 32 games this year. Even if he had been healthy, he probably would have paid, played, what, 50? Because he's a catcher. Catchers, you're only going to get about 140 games at him because they do have to rest because they're getting, their, their body just takes such a beating. Uh, being able to have your backup catcher be that good, I think, I don't know, Cleveland is, they know exactly where their talent is and where, where their wins come from, even with these constraints put on them by the by the ownership when it comes to payroll. Uh that is an investment they have to make. Like, even if the bat isn't there, they, they need to make sure that they can squeeze every single little extra strike and run around the plate and out of those pitchers that they can because they don't have anything else at this point, right? Like They, they have a guy who might win the MVP. Um, they have Francisco Lindor, but honestly, after that, it kind of falls off a cliff. And so they need – run prevention is the fun buzz way to say it. But, it, you know, they're, they're, they're shit offensively, so they need to be able to win the other way and – that's how they have to do it. I, I, I like the having I like having I, I prefer that over Sandy Leone. Like when he had to catch, it was just like oh, this sucks. Like you 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 really missed Roberto Perez's talent behind the plate once once that started happening. And uh the fact that they can not you know when Perez inevitably gets hurt for fifteen or twenty games, which is probably gonna happen because again, he's a catcher, being able to have hedges back there consistently for those what are 15, 15 or sixteen of those twenty games. You're not going to see a drop off when it comes to the young guys, especially growing and whatnot. Yeah, even then, it still seems weird to have. I mean, what will it be like? Almost nine million dollars tied up in those two, and if their payroll gets down to, I mean, it can go under forty million dollars. We're talking at this point. That's that's a lot tied up in your two catchers. Even if I, I think that kind of says something. Either they just got caught, <laughs> unfortunately, paying two catchers that much money, or they really value pitching, um, or, uh, catching defense way more than any kind of offense which i think is at this point getting a little absurd with how lopsided they are with it but um i think it just says something about how much they value perez and perez like players um and austin hedges that they're paying oh 100 you know that's um you know that uh I, people have tweeted you know the more uh, saber friendly people have talked about it for years and years and years but uh when buster posey was at his best his mvp years like he was he was being valued you know like when when you, when you talk about wins above replacement you're talking about a guy who was earning like, you know, what, like eight or nine wins. And he was better than that. Um, he was I'm trying to find his stats. I can't even type his name, Buster. But he, because we don't understand, and we've we talked about this, you know, time and time again, right? Like, because we don't really understand the impact that, that they're having. Yeah, 7.6 wins by replacement when, when he won an MVP. People think he should have been worth more like 10 to 12 based on the defense he was bringing to the, to the table. And we just, we're not good at quantifying that. It's a thing that maybe we could chart it, maybe we can't, but, you know, it's, it's at this point, it is definitely a very much a you know when you see it thing. And uh, you see Perez behind the plate, you very much, and then you, you, you know, you, you put that against watching whoever the, the, the guy on the other side is or whoever their backup guy is. Like, you know, like I, 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 Salvador Perez is a thorn in the side of the Indians forever, but he's an amazing defensively. He, he's the fucking brick wall back there. And that's there's a value there that I think is hard to quantify right now, at least in the public sphere. I'm assuming the Indians do have a good grasp of that sort of thing. That's why they they wanted hedges in that deal as well. So, I it's it, it's again it's when you're when you have a constraint like they do financially, you focus on the things you can be good at. Um, 
the Rays are better at whatever the hell they do, and it turned into a World Series berth this year. But again, the Indians pulled that off a couple years too, right? They were in the World Series in 2016, and they were this close to winning against the Juggernaut. So, yeah, you know, I don't feel like were the Indians ever as complete as the Rays are. Because I mean, like you wrote um, um, last week about how it never really felt like this Indians team is quite the contender that that the Rays are. I mean, obviously, you're not right now, but like 2016 compared to this year's race. I mean, obviously, 2016, no. Once they got to the playoffs, no, because simply because they had, they had four pitchers <laughs> like like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that team would have been almost perfect if Michael Brantley hadn't gotten hurt. Right, that team would have been. They, they won 94 games. I think they would have. They would, would have been, been a 100 win team in uh, in 2016 if Brantley had been healthy. Ramirez played the way he did. Uh, Lindor played the way he did. Kipnis still not bad. You know. Uh, Mike Napoli fell off a cliff. Um, Jan Gomes was dreadful at the plate, but you know it was definitely a team that. Like, I'm Gomes got hurt that year, didn't he? That's right, yeah, because Perez showed up. That's right, he hit those yeah. They runs. did the sacrifice the chicken for Jan Gomes. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah. Oh yeah, year. that's right. They did that. Was a fun that, year. Yeah. that was a neat year. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Remember one. When baseball was fun. That was, yeah, Lonnie Chisenhall was there platooning. It was good. Oh, man, good old Lonnie Chisenhall. I miss it. But uh, that team, I would say that team was not as complete as the year as the next year. Uh, the 2017 Indians were probably the best single season team that we saw in. Uh, it's probably since what 07, and even probably I, I would take them over the 07 Indians any day of the week. I would say the, the 2017 Indians were probably the best uh, Indian team since the, the record, you know, bears that out. But the completeness of the team, I think, was there back to front, even though the bullpen was starting to fall apart. But no, yeah, they, it was definitely much more, as you said, complete than whatever we saw this year. And as you wrote about, yeah, like this year, I mean, it was it's. I, I never Ramirez, felt man. completely confident in this team besides Jose Ramirez. Like Lindor was bad. I mean, the pitching staff was amazing. Obviously, Shane Bieber and I mean Tristan McKenzie coming on late was good, and Plesac and Savali when one of them wasn't being an idiot in Chicago. But I mean, it was just a. I never felt confident in the playoffs <laughs> going against the Yankees, whoever it was. There was always this back in my mind, like, what if this team actually just can't hit and they just can't do it? And obviously, they can't because they were the worst hitting team in the regular season. They didn't hit. Uh, I guess in Game Two, just just fighting for your life kind of thing. They, they spurred on some runs, but I mean, game one, they were demolished. Shane Bieber looked like nothing. And and then they had nothing to back him up with. So I just don't think, I, I think you were right. What you basically said is that they, as good as their pitching staff was, they won, uh, they won another division. They're still a winning team in the regular season, but they were not what I would consider a contender based on how they played in the playoffs and based on how they played in the last few playoffs is, which again, it can always be a fluke just because they're the Indians, their plan of just, trying to sneak into the playoffs and see what happens is I, I, I get it that you're going to do it. You're spread it out over many years and just give yourself the best chance to get in once, but you're also going to get these long stretches of seasons where you're great in the regular season or at least good enough in the regular season, just get demolished in the playoffs when you don't have everything going your way. And I'd even argue that this year, like d- no team was in a better position with what they have than the Indians. Did they have any injuries? I can't, I can't think of any major injuries they had. Um, Perez got hurt. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, every, everyone that, who mattered played fifty-eight to sixty games. So right, yeah. yeah. There, there's no better situation to get into the playoffs. They were hot going into the playoffs. Relatively, they they came back. They won the division. It wasn't like they were ahead by ten games the whole time and didn't have to amp anything up. So I mean, as far as getting your best shot, this was pretty much it, and they they flopped completely. And I and part of what I was saying, and I remember in that article too, was um, you know, they always talk about how. October baseball is different than regular season baseball. And the Indians are very much a regular season team at this point, right? Like um, we had 60 games here and they ended up winning at a, a 35 and 25. I can't do math today clip. Um, but that is, that would bear itself out much more nicely over 162 games, right? Like they would, 
I, I think they're still a 93 to 94 win team, which looks much prettier than 35 and 25. That has no bearing in our brain. Um, but then we, as we saw every, every round, except when basically it was Garrett Cole pitching, um, starting pitching basically means four innings. And the fact that their bullpen is it's not good after what Karen check hand was, you know, dancing on a razor blade, uh, We'll get into it a bit. Uh, Nick Whitgren was good at times, but how good was he really? You know, that's one of those things. So uh, they'll get Emmanuel Classe back next year, but still they've lost hand now. So it's, you know, six, one half dozen the other at this point. So, yeah, I mean, the bullpen's going to be good. I'm not, I don't oh, know. No. It, 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 it'll be good. It's just watching what the Rays had to do and watching, right. uh, you know, watching the two teams are in the World Series this year, basically. The fact that they're, they're great starting pitching was out. By you know the, the fourth or fifth inning, I mean, I mean Kershaw had a six inning start, but that's not a thing you can count on anymore because these these hitters are so good. I mean they're just really, really, really good, and as good as the, as the pitching is, like that's part of the thing too. You know, like, like usually the starting pitching is coming in after having pitched 30, 40 games, forty, thirty games. Um, at this point, like Shane Bieber was ostensibly coming in at a time when you, when pitchers are usually fully stretched out, peaking and. At, you know, in the the best stretch of their of their season, you know what I mean. Uh, how many times did we see Corey Kluber kind of muddle through April and May, and then it just clicked, and then he was just unhittable for the rest of the year? Uh, Cleveland was at that point with their entire rotation, and it just didn't work. And I know, you know, Carrasco, you know, he, it fell apart for him, and Bieber was not able to do anything, and and then they had to lean on the bullpen. So it's just it's. And you pile on top of that the fact that they just couldn't hit, and you're going to be facing these demons out of the bullpen all night. I mean, they just, they, they don't have, they, they are a team that can make, they'll make the playoffs again next year, I think. Uh, I think, I think they're still better than, oh, well, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, they could make the playoffs again next year. They're, they're a 90-ish win team. You know what I mean? So they're, they have a shot at the playoffs if things break right, but it'll be ugly again. Like in a different way than perhaps the Twins were in the, uh, in the late 2000s and all that. Where that team just didn't have any pitching, although I guess it's just. I mean, opposite. it's like the exact opposite, right? <laughs> the Twins, yeah, it kind of is actually. I mean, Indians. the you know the Cleveland is rolling out a guy like uh, Cesar Hernandez as like their third best hitter, and that's the kind of guy who, on a team that is contending, right, is you know batting not maybe not batting eighth, but he's like their your seventh best hitter. Like you, you go and look at the lineup that. The Dodgers are rolling out. Well, the Dodgers, they're... they're I mean, you know, even the Rays, like, they're... Oh, yeah, I was going to say the Dodgers. Cesar they're, Hernandez they're, they're is nowhere there. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cesar Hernandez would have been the... I mean, the fifth or sixth best hitter on that team, right? And that, that's not even taking into account how just monstrous Randy Rosarena was. Like, that was insane. But, yeah, they, yeah. they were a contender in the fact that they made the playoffs. But that is not what a, that is not, not what a contending team in, in modern baseball looks like. Which, whatever. I mean, they. I, I wrote another article about it. They just need things to click with the hitting that they've been trying to develop, right? Like, if what's his name, um, their top Nolan prospect. Jones. Yeah, yeah. No, if Nolan Jones clicks, and then all of a sudden, hey, this is cool. All of a sudden, you know, then they have five great hitters. Uh, if Jose or if uh, Francisco Lindor sticks around, which we'll see. Oh, silly and, you, man. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm a dreamer. And then maybe Josh Naylor figures it out. Maybe his brother is good. Also, you know, like a little bit of luck and and things clicking in the right at the right time is is vital to this. But the the construct of it is not one that can actually win anything right now, unfortunately. Because yeah, but but the clicking has to actually happen at some point. Right, there actually has doesn't to doesn't seem to ever happen. Yeah. Right, exactly. And they actually right. have to allow a click too. Like I'm I'm fine with this year. Um, if they're not gonna just do like a George Springer or just do 
get a massive giant upgrade, which they're obviously not going to do. Just don't sign anybody. <laughs> I don't care. Just let save your money and just let like Daniel Johnson and Oscar McLeod play in the outfield. See, Nolan Jones play at a position. Like if they just don't play Delano to Shields and instead do play, like what is the trade off between him and Daniel Johnson? I just it's I not don't much. Even know. It's a whole lot more watchability. At least it's more exciting to have the upside than. Donovan Shields is twenty seven years old too, which blows my mind. I thought he, he just <laughs> he just does not play like a twenty. He plays like a, a an outfielder past his prime, and he's he should be in his prime. So it's very confusing. Yeah, but I, I, at this point, I mean, with the offense the way it is, they're going to be bad either way. I just don't want to see another. I mean, I you know, say Ryan now, Braun <laughs> come in and just be not great and just block everybody. One hundred and sixty games of that's going to be awful. Like no win is the problem. Like you know what. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, don't win 90 games. Let's go. This sucks. It's just gritting teeth the entire <laughs> Well, no, I'll say it now. You can, we'll play it back later, but I would rather watch a season of garbage rookies than garbage 37 year olds. Like, no, I at know. least I, maybe we can hope that because even rookies, when they're bad, they, they usually have these streaks. So they get all excited. Like Oscar Mercado in his rookie year. He was really good for a little while. That was fun. Like when was the line of the shields fun? When was, I don't know, Domingo Santana fun for a streak. Like I at least Shut up. He was fun for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> for like two games. When he hit two balls really hard and then died. <laughs> I got I got excited. What do you want from me? <laughs> that was a big Santana head. You just saw Santana and just got blurry. There he is. Well, he seems taller. Hmm, weird. <laughs> but yeah, I'd I'd rather watch like Daniel Johnson. No, I, know, I mean if know, Nolan I... Jones gets blocked and we we burn down the city of Cleveland is what we do because there's no more reason anymore. I don't even yeah, care. What are you doing two, at that just, point? I mean, yeah. outside of obviously manipulation of service time, which is, yeah. you know, I mean, he's gotten work in the outfield. So, I mean, he's got to be your left fielder, if not opening day, then very, very quickly. Um, I just, I, I'm afraid of Ryan Braun coming in. And well, now, I, I don't know about left field because they have Josh Naylor. Well, where else is he going to find? He's not good anywhere in the outfield. So, who cares? <laughs> I'm a big Naylor right head, too. I guess no, he I think he's going to be the first baseman. Yeah, yeah, I think mean, you're probably right. If, if Bobby Bradley is dead in the water, then I think it's, it's Josh Naylor over there. You know, which again, like, what's going to happen with him? Because I mean, Naylor's got to go somewhere. Um, Naylor had his own little tiny Brandy Arena for the Indians. In, in right. The yeah. Yeah. Just one game, but still, maybe he's good now too. We can freak yeah, out that, about that. That was super fun. We, we didn't talk about that because we didn't talk after the playoffs. But that Naylor game was so awesome. It was the best. I loved it. It was so cool. His hair is amazing. He has a nice smile. He's my favorite now. He's the best. He's number. If that would have been a World Series game. That would have been. That was a wild game. I mean, with the rain delay, with with um, Josh Naylor being pulled, and then it actually worked. And then, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that would have been fun if if one if the Indians won, and if two it was a a higher stakes game later in the playoffs. But as a wild card game that you lose right away, it's, it sucked. You have to write a recap for it two in the morning. It's really not fun, but <laughs> it's fun to sort of watch in the moment. Um, and yeah, and, and one of the pitchers in that game was was somebody that uh, that you, Merritt, you are blatantly disrespecting, my man Nick Whitgren. Oh, I was um, going to say Shane Bieber. I've never disrespected <laughs> him. What are you talking about? He's good. The, the blind hate that you, the seething anger that you have mm, for Nick When Whitgren. I see him, all I see is red. It's like in that, <laughs> it's like in that scene from Kill Bill. The wee, wee. Oh, no. Yes, that's me. Yes. I think everybody's just general opinion of Nick Whitgren, which is, uh, I have the same opinion, but in a different context. It's just that, oh, he's there, whatever. But but I think that's a good thing. It, it's Nick Whitgren is a very boring pitcher. He's a very boringly effective <laughs> pitcher when he comes in. He's not going to be James Karinczak. He's not doing crazy things up there. But I mean, when Whitgren comes in, I, I rarely ever am concerned about anything, which is what you want. I think you need these guys in your bullpen. I think it's not somebody you give up for nothing like the Marlins did. Um, 
and I looked just for, I actually found this a while ago because I was trying to look at how Sandy was using James Karinchak. I was trying to praise him for, for using his best reliever as his fireman, which is coming in in high leverage situations. So I was trying to use, um, just to use something different. I was looking at um, Fangraphs' leverage index. They have one, uh, it's called GMLI, which is basically the leverage index, the average of the leverage index when you come into the game. And for Nick Whitgren, like he is far and away the highest Indians reliever. Um, uh, above even Karen Chak and Hand and all them, um, which is just kind of neat to see that he comes in. I don't know if I'm, I'm sure Tito at the beginning of Sandy Alomar didn't have like the win probability charts up, and they're like, "Oh, we got high leverage." Get, uh, <laughs> in there. but but I think on like a gut level, like he's a guy that they knew they could just throw in there when they needed to. With if like Karen Chak had pitched the night before, you know, you also have Whitgren that can go out um, and usually get you get you through. But there's also the one where. I mean, he came in with runners in the corners against the Cubs and hit two batters, and they lost. But, but there's times where, and it's also interesting that um, there was the other one. What was the other one who lost? Oh, there was one where he, he was fine. He got he came in with like the bases loaded and got that out. But then the next inning, when he started a clean inning, he gave up a solo home run. Um, and it's just weird that Nick Whitgren, when he comes in, he just seems to pitch. It's a super small sample size, so who cares? I don't think it actually equates to anything. But his most of his appearances when he was over. What is one um, one of the leverage index, which is considered at least an average um, leverage situation? He didn't. He only allowed one run through like several starts. It was all but a handful of starts. And almost every time he came into the game in a low leverage situation, which either meant it was a blowout or he came in at a clean inning, because I mean, if there's nobody on base, even if you're in the the top of the ninth, it's low leverage because I mean, who cares? There's nobody on base. But those times he gave up almost all his runs. So. Whether it's just a complete coincidence or it actually means anything, it was just kind of neat to see and to look into Nick Whitgren, how he how he was used first of all, and how pretty well he 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 played when he came into these situations. It's almost like I don't know if he just has a switch he turns on if he gets hyped up when he's running out of the bullpen, or if it's just a fluke noise altogether. But I don't know. It was neat. It's one of the reasons I like Nick Whitgren. He's just a boring, effective pitcher, which which works for me. Yeah, he's the kind of guy like you mentioned. Who you kind of need to have in the bullpen. He, they can't all be. I mean, it's nice to be. They can all be carrying checks. Watching the Rays, they just keep on rolling out these guys. I'm like, who the hell is this dude? He throws 99, so must be cool. But <laughs> must uh, be great. I'm happy for you. Now I remember when we interviewed a guy from uh, the SB Nation. Uh, we had him on the podcast like a year or so ago when they had, when they got Nick Whitgren, and he was really excited about him at the time. And you know, I mean. You look at Wickern's numbers last year over an entire season. He was great. 57 innings. I mean, he uh, he allowed 10 home runs, which sucks, but he struck out 60 people. I mean, he, you know, he struck out more than a guy in again this year. He went 10 strikeouts per nine, 10.6. doesn't walk that many people. He's a very effective reliever. You know what I mean? His numbers are going to ebb and flow based on, you know, the ebbs and flows of the world. But I like him. You know, like you said, he's, he's not going to blow your mind, but he does get – I'm surprised he throws as many. I've always that's the thing I kind of watching. He throws more fastballs than you'd think, considering how unassuming I guess his fastball is. Like it's what 93 miles an hour. It's basically an average fastball. It has middling movement of anything. Oh yeah, um, everything he has is average. There's nothing like even. Yeah, but and, I'd say so there's nothing I, even good about his arsenal. Well, I just I'm, I, I take that. You should take that back. His changeup has top like eight percent in all of baseball vertical movement. So that's twelve percent better than average. So pretty good. And his slider is also a slightly above average slider. So that's something. His four, oh, his four seamer actually has some interesting run to it. So maybe that, that's what's so effective. It's his slider that sucks. So I don't know. I don't know if he's just um, surprisingly deceptive. He's been lucky. Combination of the two. Um, 
It'd be nice if he threw 96. I think if he threw 96, he'd be a, a, a borderline shutdown reliever, the kind of guy that you can lean on and uh, put into put into higher leverage innings and actually uh, not be surprised it's working out, as opposed to now, where it just kind of keeps on working out. But, you know, he, he gives up hard hits more than you'd like. He strikes out a good number of guys. He walks people at not a horrible clip. Um, I would go so far as to say Nick Whitgren's all right. And he's the kind of guy who, again, he's going to be – He's the type of guy like with um like Dan Otero is a guy like this who's you he's you're gonna forget about him until he does something really stupid or shitty you know he just blows a game uh because he was just put into a situation that he usually does pretty well with but this time it just you know the the, the ball bounced the wrong way or what have you so yeah, the recent version I think I always call it the, the Jeff Manship because he's the first one I think of is just random guys that Indians bring in and they're just great for a couple of years yes. Dan Otero is a really good one he's obviously the next one. Although I think the the direct one in that ilk is more Oliver Perez was the Dan Otero. I think Nick Whitgren is his, sort of his own thing. I think he's a legitimately good, decent reliever. I think Oliver Perez is like this old guy that came in and like, what the hell is this? And then he, he fell off a cliff. But Oliver Perez has always been – I feel like he's been in baseball since I was a small child. Though. And he, I mean, he hasn't been since 2002. I just, <laughs> he's actually I just, the second home run off of Addy Joss is Oliver Oh, that, that's right. Third batter. home run yeah. right there. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's because I grew up in the Northeast and he was on the Mets and everyone hated him when he was on the Mets. So that definitely <laughs> definitely stuck it in my brain for some reason. Uh, but, no, again, it's – if you're going to build a bullpen, you can't always have guys with over 96, 97 with a curveball that falls off a table. Or a cutter that goes 102 miles an hour, or whatever. Uh, this is a guy who needs to throw 60, 70 innings next year, and um, I think he'll do. I think he'll be fine. You know. Yeah. And, and dare I say he has grit? Is he a gritty? Get out of here! Guy? I'm ending the podcast. <laughs> I don't even pay attention to this garbage. Get out of here! All right. I, I got to deal with Tony Larusa in my division this next year. All right. I can't have this. He's gonna find the the modern day. You know. You know what? They have that kid. Shit. They have the modern day David Eckstein. Oh no, they're gonna win a World Series. Oh, no. <laughs> This is a complete tangent, but it was funny listening to Tony Russo. He was talking about like how not outdated he is, and he's in his stats and everything. He started talking about pitcher matchups. And he's like, see, you just find, you look at this guy who's good against this one pitcher and this other pitcher, and you find what he's good against that pitcher for. I'm like, nope, that's not. That's how, how that, that works, works at all there, Buck. You just get guys who throw real hard. Yeah, Nick Madrigal, dude. 5'8", 175. <laughs> he, he hit 340 next time. With a 369 slugging percentage. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't think no. it's just, that just feels bad for baseball to have Tony Russo manage that team. That's going to be really fun, but uh, we'll see, I guess. I don't know. I follow, those those White Sox fans on, I follow those White Sox fans on Twitter, and they also, they're they always up in arms or very happy about it. So it's, it's very interesting to see the divergence. But, but they yeah, are. So we must follow different White Sox fans. I didn't see anybody happy about that. Oh, I, I did. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> People, I, think I think they're talking themselves <laughs> I'm into I'm sure it, they're so. out there. I'm not, I'm not denying it, but. The I ones know. I follow, we're not happy about it. Well, you know, what, what can I say? I, I, I pick and choose. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, what do you say we answer some questions? Let's get it. While. So uh, every, uh, what day is it now? Monday? I ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook for your questions. Got a, got a bunch of them this week, obviously, because there's, there's quite a bit of off-season stuff to talk about. Um, a lot of them, obviously, revolved around money and the roster situation. We'll start with at Foodatorius. He asks, is there any hope for this franchise with all its roster upside, front office acumen, and general gold standards operations? They could get a near-term cash infusion with a minority investor. Um, I think that's a uh, – you and I are both, I think, very pro-player and pro-spend-the-money and all that. But even taking all that out and just looking at a very evenly unmean way at it, I don't think owners look at they're going to buy a team because they're good. They buy them because it's going to make them money. I think 100%. like 
You sucked. invest in the team. Unless you're Steve Cohen, apparently, and you just want to own the team you like. That's very, you reach very a point, rare. Right? Like, I'm just surprised there aren't more people like of that ilk who have that level of wealth. They were just like, I don't give a shit. Whatever. What do you mean we spent $800 million and it all went down the tubes? Oops. Made more. Like, I'll run another scam of some kind, allegedly. I don't know. Uh, this is a yeah, TV no. show about a scan, so I think that's... Like, yeah, I don't think that getting an infusion of cash would be nice, right? Uh, but someone's not just going to show up and give them money uh, out of the goodness of their hearts. Uh, that person is investing in the thing and, want, and wants it to pay off. I mean, again, who knows? I don't know. I, if I had $2 billion, I would give them a billion dollars. I would buy the team with them for a billion dollars or whatever. And spend the other billion on, on dumb shit, like... That's why I'm not a billionaire, I guess. I don't know that. And I, I didn't get into, I didn't go to Yale or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> you didn't commit enough crimes. So I haven't why. committed enough. Yeah, fine. Good white collar crimes. The good stuff. The white, the white shoe lawyer type. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it, it'd be cool if they got some more money. But I, I think we talked about it before. They're going to be fine. Like they're going to win. They're going to be a better than 500 team. They're going to be, in, they'll go 92 and 70 because the pitching staff is still filthy because they're not going to allow any runs. Like, we're going to grind through so many three to two games this year, wins and loses losses uh, that sh- or next year, rather that it's just going to be, I mean, I mean, it won't be fun all the time. The um, many wins will feel like more of a relief than an actual victory, but you know, whatever, what are you going to do? So yeah, I, I think there's still well-placed to be a winning team. Uh, the white Sox getting good. The twins at, or, I don't know. Are the twins at their peak? Who the fuck knows? Um, the, Tigers are going to start banging on trash cans, I guess. So, I mean, the Tigers are—they're well, still way behind, but they're at least they're coming on the up end now. Yeah, they're, they're going to be like a seventy-five win team. I think is probably their ceiling at this point. Like they're they're on their way up, but you know, there's still a lot of wins to be found, and the Indians will find them because they won't allow many runs. I'm assuming if they don't, if they stop rolling, Delano De Shields Jr. at center, like Jesus Christ. If you're doing run prevention, prevent the run anyway. Uh, no, they'll be fine. Like it's 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 going to be a, a tough a tough season. Is all we hope for things like growth from Freeman Reyes, uh, uh, another one of these seasons out of um, Jose Ramirez, uh, Josh Naylor using his playoff experience as a springboard. Jordan Lupo learning how to hit lefties. I don't know righties, whatever, whatever, Any whatever. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you know, whatever. Um, they they sign Cesar Hernandez again. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, they'll be they'll be good. They won't be great, but you know. There'll be something. I don't think that's going to entice anybody. I think the sad part is the Dolan's ability to put together a good PowerPoint to convince somebody to join them is more of a, a bigger factor than how well the Indians actually play. Like, if the Dolans can say that we've done this to this team will make you more money, you know, I think that's more effective than, hey, look how good our pitchers are. Right, exactly. That and also, like, I mean, all all sports teams do is become more wealthy or become more valuable i mean that's got to stop sometime one would assume with bubble with the tv bubbles popping and things like that allegedly uh but also like quite honestly like where are you going to find someone with that with that level of money and i don't know i mean they're, they're not in the most choice of locations i guess you know so they're not exactly a marquee team but again they're good and it's good to invest in a good team over a bad team but what would you rather buy? A team on the low ebb where you, where you know it will grow back because the game itself is shaped so that you can uh, you get the good young players first because of the draft and things like that. And now with seasons like this where you're going to be able to just pluck um, undervalued players because they are not getting paid because of secret collusion. Um, well, collusion would be secret by definition, I suppose, huh? But because of collusion, um, 
Yeah, I just it's, it'd be tough for them to find an investor, I guess. You know, it's because why would you invest there when you could? Hell, you could invest in the Rays for God's sake! Like shit. At uh, Hoodring, he asks, "Where Hood do you Ring? think Hoodring? Yeah, he's actually my friend Zach from high school. I knew him from oh, hi time. Zach. Yeah. Um, one, where do you think Mike Freeman and I guess that Lindor guy is likely to end up in the off season? And two, oh, yeah. what is a realistic number for opening day twenty twenty one payroll? I think we sort of yeah. talked about two. It's going to be low. It's going to be like forty million, if not yeah. less. <laughs> uh, that's so I don't. That's so sad. It's depressing. But, um, but the first one, Mike Freeman, he opted for free agency of setting, instead of accepting a minor league um, assignment, which obviously he's going to do that. But I, I think he comes back, and I hate even. No, you know what? I don't hate it that much. If they bring him back and they don't overplay him, yeah, I think he's he's been. I think he's sneakily been that the Mike Napoli guy that we've been talking about. Because I think. Unless he's just really good at Twitter, but it seems like everybody likes him. He's a really yeah, likable no, guy yeah. on Twitter, and I'd imagine that translates pretty well. He always sticks up for his teammates. Um, he seems like has a good sense of humor about everything. He seems like a great guy, as long as they just don't overplay the guy. Let him be a backup and play, I don't know, once every couple of weeks. <laughs> Sit on the bench for a little while there, Mike Freeman. Don't be the starting left fielder. I'm fine with him coming back as the veteran bench guy. Um, I don't think Lindor is going to come back. I think he's gone, but... Yeah, Freeman, yeah, I mean, I, if, I, don't, I don't know if he'll come back for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. You know, there's other other crappy teams or cheap teams who would want a player like this. You know, you need, as you mentioned, though, he's normally he's the perfect kind of guy to have around for a 162-game season because you need to keep things loose, but he's also a useful guy for a team season like this where everything is really weird and you're kind of in a pseudo-bubble all the time. So I think he comes back, you know, whatever. I, you can't hate the guy. He's seen, like you said, he seems like a nice enough guy. He was... Something bordering effective in the seven. In, well, you got 200 plate appearances in 2019 with Cleveland. Um, something around that is fine. 150 to 200, uh, where he's not exposed. He can come in, get a couple knocks, and you know fill in for some guys who need a day off. I don't know if they trade Lindor is the thing. You know, I saw somebody. Uh, I can't figure out who Discord. they're going to trade him to. Is my problem. Yeah, like, there was somebody suggested they might cut him before. Uh, they have to pay him the ARB money because they what can't the f- <laughs> find anybody to trade him. And then, listen, man, you can't afford that. You can't pay that man $18 million. Get rid That's of him. That's true. Chop, chop. That would be hilarious <laughs> if they just cut him. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, if they're, if they're that desperate to cut his salary, but nobody will take it and they just have to. Oh, my God. That would be, I mean, there's got to be some, like, something that, like, the, the other owners can be like, you can't afford this team. Like, what are you doing? I mean, the sad part is there's a greater than zero chance of that happening. It's maybe, like, 0.5, but the fact that it's not zero is depressing. Like, they could just decide that we can't afford this. Nobody wants him for this money. So, just got to get rid of him. We got Mike Freeman. We'll play him every day at shortstop. Who cares? I don't think they're going to – I don't know. It says here that what's the 21 to third year are, are eligible, earliest are eligible. So, earliest free agent is 2022. Yeah, you know, Lindor has gone after this year. I mean, this is this – is Oh, right. right. Oh, is that's right. I forgot about, about that. I thought, I thought they had one more year of him. Nope. Shit. This is it. <laughs> so, it's got to be now or the deadline or you just oh, let him walk. Oh, no. And... I forgot about that. I write about this team and I forgot about that. This year was weird. I forgot about stuff. Yeah, it's, oh, no. It's weird it's and right. short, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the reasons it seems so bad they didn't trade him last offseason. I mean, I'm glad they – I can't pretend like I wanted him to, but, um, I mean, just looking back, that's – I can't – Oh, no, they're going to trade now. him. Oh, no. Oh, shit. They could have gotten then, Alex Verdugo, couldn't they? Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, he's good. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, there was those rumors at one point. I, we still know if they're true, the fact that they got to got, like, Cody Bellinger for – 
Oh, Kluber no. Lindor, which is if they could have and they turned that down, they're gonna carry that to the grave. If they could have done a Kluber Lindor for Bellinger and Alex Verdugo swap, like holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I take that. I don't. I I hate myself for it, but I think I do. I do. I mean, who cares? I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Verdugo is really good. I mean, he's twenty four years old and he hit three oh eight with a three sixty seven on base and a four seventy eight slugging percentage. Uh, he would have been incredible. Shit. And he plays outfield. Oh, he would have been a good outfielder. I haven't heard one of those in forever. Ooh, right field, too. That's fun. And he's left-handed. Oof. But that was nothing, so. Anyway, that would have been cool. But, yeah, I guess I got to trade him. Um, I don't know where. I don't I, Who needs a shortstop? Well, you know, the Mets. I mean, the Mets? <laughs> We're back to the Mets. Well, hello there. Know what what are you guys? <laughs> I don't know if they have. Is the thing. Do they have any good players? I mean, at this point, they don't need. We're not going to get as good as we think. I don't think anymore. No, it's true. 100%. I mean, they just need good uh, enough and to take all the salary, which I think Steve Cohen will be happy to do to get Francisco Lindor. Oh yeah, he'll take him and then he'll immediately sign him a consention. Oh yeah, extension yeah. like like Mookie Betts. Damn, uh, shit. Yeah. If only the Rays had won, they could have gotten something from the Dodgers. Damn, <laughs> damn. Yeah, that's that's damn. that did suck for the Indians because that. I mean. Who cares? The Dodgers don't care anymore. They got their World Series. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they still going to try to win, but they're not. They're not desperate anymore. Like right. Anymore. Let's see, because Houston are they have a horrible farm system. Who has good farm systems anymore? Good farm. System. I mean, the problem is I don't want a bunch of prospects. But well, I mean, that's I the thing. I want. I want. A, I want a really good young player. I don't want. I don't want them to do what they just did with the goddamn Padres and Mike Clevenger. Oh, son of a bitch! The Padres had the number one. <laughs> <laughs> still, yeah. So, I mean, the, the trades with the Padres haven't exactly gone poorly. I mean, Mike Clevenger no, got injured all, and Josh Miller was really good. I, I really yeah. like Cal Quantrill now, so I've I've turned around on that trade. Is it Cantrill like or Quantrill? I I, I say Quantrill because it's more fun to I like say Quantrill. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we got to wait. So, for yeah, that so one, he'll, he'll be gone then, and they'll get something. <laughs> um, holy shit! That, that that's gonna be a terrible team. Oh my Did I just God. ruin your whole like month? This is this is the worst thing to happen to you this week, man. <laughs> Nothing could be worse this week than what just happened to me today, hands down. Uh, but yeah, thanks for that question, Zach. Uh, we'll finish it with another. Oh, we'll finish man. on another high note. At Travis, I gotta do it right. We're Travis gonna get a Sims. question about Lindor every single fucking week, aren't we? Shit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Um, oh my stomach. <laughs> but Travis wants to know who was the next Indians player to go elsewhere and be a bigger piece. Uh, Shut for example, up. or Scheller, Andy. <laughs> I just wanted to end on a happy, go lucky note, Merritt. Uh, I mean, Bobby Bradley. Question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's the next Indians player to go somewhere else and be a bigger piece, like or Scheller or Yandi? I mean, Bobby oh, Bradley's well, the obvious answer here. I think. Question. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Bradley could be a good one. Um, Jordan Luplo, maybe. Wouldn't that be funny if we learned how to hit somewhere else? Uh, let's see. Who hey, would Jake be Bowers. Big... <laughs> I can't even say Jake Bowers a straight face. Um, I don't, I don't feel like there's as many candidates now. If, if anybody goes, it's a surprise. I mean, unless Daniel Johnson, they just well, keep in fairness, blocking him forever. Yeah, I mean, Johnson would be a good choice. Uh, in, in fairness, it was a big surprise like, with Rochella, right? Like, he could not hit. And then he went over the, to the um, Blue Jays and couldn't continue to not hit. And then he finally did hit. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, but also like, Urshela hit in AAA at one point. Like he, there were, I mean, I remember when he come up, like it was obvious that his glove was the first thing, but there's also hints that he could hit, and then he just bottomed out completely. Maybe uh, Yu Chang. I mean, nah, no, nah, I think that could be not. one. That's a good candidate, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, Bobby Bradley's the one that yeah, he's looking at Pacey Aguilar again and have a good year somewhere else. 
Yeah, that, that, that's that, that, I think that's cool. the perfect comp right there. Is he's just he's a guy who has the, these raw talents, and someone's gonna figure out he's gonna go to the fucking Yankees and he's gonna hit sixty five home runs. <laughs> of course he is. They're like, oh, yeah. just do this one little extra thing. He's like, oh, this is easy. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he and Clint Fraser will just hit a million home runs together. It'd be great. Perfect. Meanwhile, we You'd have Bradley Zimmer and Ryan Braun. I don't know why I keep going to Ryan Braun. They're just gonna sign him, and I know it. But here's, here's a list of things I love to see. God damn it, Clint Fraser had a good year hitting too. Shit. Of course he did. He's not on the Indians. He's, he's a former Indians player somewhere else. Of course he had a good year. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, it is Tuesday. So if you haven't already, go ahead and go out and vote. And then uh, just come home and drink a lot. I don't know. But Woo! Uh, <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, subscribe to us on Facebook. Or on Facebook? On uh, iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, do that too. Who podcast. cares? Yeah, go on. <laughs> find a way to subscribe on Facebook. I don't know. Find a way. Um, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Let's go tribe.com. Uh, and Merritt, I'll talk to you next week. I'll be there. Here. See Whatever. Whichever way. Somewhere. Ethereal. Bye.